Before we get into today's episode of One Shining Podcast, want to shout out Ringer Wise Guys. That is the FanDuel TV show on Sunday. Our guy, Cousin Sal, is having a great time. JJ John Jastrzemski's hosting it. Raheem Palmer's in the mix. Joe House, always a fun guy to have involved in anything. And the Ringer Wise Guys come on Sunday mornings. They go live. They give you all of the bets that you need to keep be keeping an eye on for that Sunday and beyond. Um, a lot of future talk, a lot of prop talk, a lot of parlay talk, a lot of fun on Ringer Wise Guys. Again, the show is on FanDuel TV. TV Sunday mornings. And if you can't catch it there, you can watch it on the Ringer TV feed on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, Visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com. Slash Simmons. On today's episode of One Shining Podcast, it is the part one preview of the top 100 characters that count in college basketball 2023-2024 edition. We're talking good guys. We're talking bad guys. We're talking fall guys and everything else in between. It is going to be fun. We're going to do the top 100 to the top 76 today. Myself, Kyle Mann, producer Kyle on the microphone. Going to be a good show. And if you're wondering why it's called the characters that count in college basketball, that's because once upon a time, during a weird period of basketball, um, you know, during a weird period of the world, really, back in 2020, there was an NBA draft in the fall. And with the fifth pick, the Cleveland Cavaliers took Isaac Okoro out of Auburn. And uh, that's seemingly a good pick, right? A lot of talented wings in the draft, but they take Isaac Okoro. Nothing wrong with that. And immediately, Reese Davis says, let's cut to his head coach, Auburn head coach Bruce Pearl. And uh, if you don't remember this, Bruce Pearl was basically standing in a parking lot. Um, there were sounds in the background. It was a ridiculous scene. Um, but the first thing that he said stuck with me in my heart for a long time. He said, Reese, character counts. And I think that's a, that's a message that we carry through this program, right? And it's characters in particular that count on this show. Kyle, can you play that right now so people can hear what Bruce Pearl said? You know, Reese, character counts. And uh, he's a winner. 
So there you have it. These are the characters that count in college basketball. It doesn't mean that they're going to be the ones that are the most um, influential, so to speak, or the best players or the best coaches. These are the characters that make the game what it is, that give it its color, that give it its, you know, just vibe of good feelings and uh, good atmosphere and sometimes some bag atmosphere, right? Because that is also a part of college basketball that we have to talk about. We'll talk about the brands. We'll talk about the clubs, as Mick Cronin likes to call them now. They're not colleges, they're clubs, but we have a whole big spread to talk about in the world of college basketball. And it really is fun. I know NIL can scare people away and the speed dating of college basketball can make people feel like they don't want to keep up with the with the hubbub. Well, that's okay because I'll keep up with the hubbub for you and we'll deliver it on One Shining Podcast and we'll tell you the top 100 characters that you have to care about and that count in college basketball. Kyle, anything before we get into today's episode? Patino's number one or we riot, but first Woody Durham. It takes the time out. Welcome back to One Shining Podcast. I'm your host, Tate Frazier, and joining me today, as he does on every Monday, it is Kyle Mann. And Kyle Mann, we are finally going to start previewing the 2023-24 college basketball season. I cannot wait. It is going to be the top 100 characters that count in college basketball. Let's get into this because we're going to start. We have 100 characters that count in college basketball. This is going to be part one. So we're going to try to do it as best we can, 25 per episode. But the problem with this show is that we have a prompt and then we end up with 105 characters. And the 105th character on the list and number one in our hearts is Herb Sendek. In case you missed it, folks, secret scrimmage season is happening. And Herb Sendek, coaching at Santa Clara, just got Brandon Pajimski in the NBA and he just beat UCLA in a secret scrimmage, allegedly, to open the season up. And Herb Sendek, you made the list. You were a character that counts in college basketball. If you don't know Herb Sendek, he coached James Harden once upon a time at Arizona State. He coached Julius Hodge at NC State. He was an assistant coach for Rick Pitino Damn and right he for was. Rick Barnes. I mean, look, and... Kentucky, he was an assistant coach. Herb Sendek has been all around the block in college basketball. And Santa Clara is a school that um, obviously has a history. Steve Nash, two-time MVP, heard of him. Well, you need to have heard of Herb Sendek, and that's why he's number 105 on the list. And Kyle Mann, I don't know if you even saw the secret scrimmage news, but it doesn't even matter. Herb Sendek, we have to remember him, we have to acknowledge him, and we have to give him our tip of the cap and put him on the list. He's a legitimate guy. He deserves to be on the list. I think he just kind of did a little, he tapped us on the shoulder and was like, hey, I deserve to be on the list. Santa right. Clara establishing themselves with a clear portfolio here. It just continues to pile up. If you're serious about getting to the league, if you're if you're a man who needs a second chance, maybe, if you're looking for greener pastures, give Herb Sendek a call. Mm. They're for real, man. They ain't messing around. Uh, go check them out. But you're right, man. The uh, There's that famous... Uh, Rick Pitino coaching tree photo where it's like him, <laughs> Billy Donovan, like Stooge, like there's a crazy uh, Toby Smith. He just uh, he's a part of uh, maybe a little forgotten at times, you know, because he co- he coached the 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 really really scrappy Hodge. Who are some of those other names on those NC State teams? That it was like. Um, who's I'm trying to I'm racking my brain. They they had like a Serbian point guard, didn't they? Or was he a yeah, Ian answer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That no, they had they had a ton of talent uh at NC State. And the reason that Herb Sendek, I mean, he didn't get fired at NC State. A lot of people, you know, when they think about his NC State tenure, they think he got fired because he struggled against UNC and Duke. I think he was like eight and forty against those two schools. So NC State fans were upset with him. They said, We don't trust Herb. And then as soon as Herb left, um, you know, Sidney Lowe wasn't the answer, even though he wore his red suit. And, and tried to 
make it happen. But Herb Sindek left, went to Arizona State on his own accord. Um, he said, you want to fire me? I'm leaving. Um, and I think, you know, that also gets forgotten in history because people act like he got fired from NC State. He just tried to get out of Dodge before it inevitably happened because the fan base had turned on him. But Herb Sindek, 105 on the list. Um, one of my favorite coaches. Ev Tamoff, that's the guy. Scooter Cheryl. Oh. Yeah, there were some there were some good names on those teams. I think but, Adser uh, might have been with Sidney Lowe. Yeah, he was like uh, the, the I, next uh, group. Atzer was on there too. They both were, but Eftimov was the guy I was trying to think of. But yeah, Herb Sindek, he's he's been around. Yeah, he's the best. And uh, he's always been a friend of the program. I talked to Coach Sindek a couple of times over the past few years and always been super nice. And uh, we talked about a friend of the program there. Now let's talk about a foe of the program at number 104 in honor of her 104th birthday, Sister Jean of Loyola Chicago fame. She, of course, went to the Final Four in 2018. Um, she's got a great middle game. Um, she's a great scorer. She she knows how to facilitate. Um, she was, of course, the chaplain of the Loyola Chicago team, also the team in 2021 that upset Illinois. Cameron Crutwig, the real star of that game, 19 points, dominated Kofi Coburn. People forget this. But Sister Jean, she celebrates her 104th birthday. She gets birthday cake uh, given to her. She throws out a first pitch at the Cubs game. She also had a block party. So Sister Jean continuing to capitalize on the run of these young kids. It is very old school college basketball of Sister Jean. You let the kids do your bidding, and then you shine on top. We respect it. We understand it. But again, Sister Jean has been a foe from day one, um, and she will continue to be a foe in this program. But we have to put her on the list at 104. Uh, quickly, comment your thoughts on Sister Jean. Am I am I wrong to feel the way the way that I feel about her? To see you to see you treat the elderly like this, Tate. I, mean, I love I'm just the elderly. Kinda... I love the wise. I just don't like when the elderly use the youth. Uh, this is what let's Sister get it Jean on is record. Doing. Tate loves the elderly. We don't want that to be confused. Hoops hype. You know the aggregators. <laughs> Please do not aggregate this. Please. <laughs> Please. Tate Tate loves the elderly. I mean, we need to get you guys in the same room. Do you think you could control your contempt? Is the problem? I'd I just be worried think I'd have about some what questions. Yeah, it would be very like 1990s Jim Rome, you know, where Sister Jean wants to get up and just like fight me. And I, and I don't want that either. You know, I don't want a physical altercation to, to break out. But um, I'm, I'm sure she's a nice lady um, in person. But the persona again, this is never personal. It's the persona. The po persona says nay. And uh, this is the third time she's thrown out a pitch at a Cubs game. You know how many times Cameron Crutwick is thrown out a pitch? Zero. That's my issue comment. Yeah, Cameron Crutwig playing for the Ibaraki Robots right now. I don't, I don't have the tape <laughs> this on that. Playing for I the need... robots, he needs more acclaim. Like th this, Sister Jean's fault. She took it away from him. <laughs> Do you think she's sort of feeding on their life force? Sort of like it's like one of those situations, like one one of those horror movies. Like how is she staying young? And it's like, oh, Cameron Crutwig could have been in the D League, but he's playing for the Ibaraki Robots. If it wasn't for Sister Jean feeding on his life force. It's it's yeah. a damn shame. I don't, I'm not trying to be accusatory, but I mean, she looks great. So uh, something's going on here, but poor yeah, Cameron. She, I just feel like Sister Jean, we have to tip our cap because she does continue. And I think Loyola Chicago, obviously Denzel Valentine's brother, the head coach there for people trying to make that connection, uh, you know, this with the kind of shit you're so good at. Like I, you just, you have it. Tate is amazing at this. I just want to say, I don't know. How do you even know that? That's, that's impressive, man. Well, you connect the dots and then you try to figure out where, who is at the top and how do we get to the top? And uh, we'll figure <laughs> that out as we move on. Sister Jean might be on that board, uh, the board of governors in college basketball because she continues to hang around. And now let's get to number 103 because he also continues to hang around. He, of course, is Mr. K of Duke basketball fame. Of course, some call him the GOAT. Others call him K. 
whatever you want to say, the guy is always going to be relevant and around. And the reason that he is a character that counts in college basketball, is not because he's involved with the Duke basketball program, even though he's still in his office. It's not because of that, because he's keeping his hands free of that situation. It's because he wants to be a part of prestige television. That is right. Mr. K is trying to be on the bear. That is a quest, and that is a reason why he is a character this year in the world of OSP, because we have to watch him go about this journey and try to find his path into prestige TV, because movies are dead, Kyle, man. That's what Mr. K's telling us. He said the move is prestige television, and he wants to be on the bear. Yeah, for a show that's about cooking and creating, you know, ni- a nice, you know, cu- culinary experience, I that really left a bad taste in my mouth, Tate, when I was watching mm. The Bear. For a show of all the cameos, you know, I was like John Mulaney kind of took me out of it a little bit, you know, <laughs> but uh the 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 really forced hey go devil stuff, um, you know, I think it took it from, you know, best show of the year maybe down several notches. It just it really took it out of contention. I, I just I'm curious what's going on. What are the odds that we get, you know, an episode of the bear like at Cameron Indoor? What do we do? Do we oh, do we God. do we strike again? I I like I'm trying I'm not even involved <laughs> in that in that part of the world. That writers, you know, we're we're a part of the guild, but you know, I, I'm just saying, what do we do? Uh, maybe we just strike and we don't even, without a governing body, we just, we protest, you know? I had a lot of Duke people in my life, and yes, I do have Duke people in my life, and I, I try to keep them at bay as much as possible, but they reached out to me and said, the reason that Coach K deserves to be, I'm excuse me, Mr. K deserves to be in the show is because he is from Chicago. And look, I understand that he is from Chicago, but if you're in Chicago and you're talking about basketball and your first thought isn't number 23, Michael Jordan, then you're you're ridiculous. You're wrong. And I don't want to be right if that is right, because that's ridiculous. And uh, Mr. K, though, the pursuit to stay relevant, the pursuit to be on prestige television, I have to respect it. That's why he's a character that counts. And um, I, I'm honestly shocked. I thought he would be higher on the list, but at 103, Mr. K, he slides right in there. And, Your hands uh, were tied, you know. Right. Yeah, and right. Now, I, what's it say about Sister Jean that she's below K, man? I just the, the contempt continues here. I'm just I, I'm reeling a little bit when I when I saw when the rankings came out, I, I was I was floored by that. I just yeah, to Sister Jean's got to be fired up about her age implicating, uh, you know, where she stands actually on the list as a character. She kind of got typecast there, unfortunately for her, but it does happen. And Mr. K has never been below. Mr. Gene, and he never will be on my characters that count sports. So uh, shout out to Mr. K for continuing to stay undefeated against Sister Gene. And now let's talk about 102 on the list because he is, and the bit is going to be simple with this man, former head coach of Villanova, one of the most likable coaches in all of basketball, um, someone that had his hand very much involved in the cookie jar when it comes to USA basketball. Look at all the Villanova guys that were on the team. Of course, I'm talking about head coach Jay Wright, also TV personality Jay Wright. And the bit is simple. Every single time a school needs a head coach or has a bad loss or anything like that, you have to say a simple thing. We should hire Jay Wright. Every single time. Jay Wright is the the most available but also unavailable head coach. He is the one that is on the greener grass and you say to yourself, oh my God, if only Jay Wright were to come here. Even if you're a blue blood, if you're a small Catholic school, whatever it is, you convince yourself that Jay Wright would love our job. His wife would love to live in that city and you would love to have him take over the program and get you a national championship. So Jay Wright, 102 on the list because he is the the one that got away from college basketball. He's the one that we all want. He's the most enticing. He's the sweetest. He's the best. And uh, of course, head coach Jay Wright there at 102. Your thoughts, Kyle, man. Would you as a Kentucky guy, would you say to yourself, hey, if Jay Wright wanted the job, we'd have to entertain the conversation because that seems to be the bit this year. 
it seems like every coaching search, like the first thing that people say, they're like, all right, man, we got to make him say no. Like we got to make Jay yeah, Wright, say, Wright no. say no. <laughs> I, I would go the other way. Honestly, I don't think I would wish Kentucky on Jay Wright. When I see him, <laughs> like his skin looks good. He looks happy. He's smiling all the time. You know, at He's least at Philly's at Villanova. Games. Yeah. 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 At least at Villanova every once in a while, we would push him, you know, the, the weight of the, of the expectations would push him to a neutral state, which for, which for, you know, for Jay Wright was like, oh man, he's down bad right now. If he's at Kentucky, his hair might even start to change color even more. Mm. He, you know, I just I wouldn't want to wish that on him. I would love to have him, but if I'm him, I I would just put that across the board, though, man. You're living, you're living large. You, everybody wants you. You're on TV. Enjoy that. Enjoy being wanted because the moment you go somewhere and the, you know you start poking some holes in that, I would just ride this wave and just keep uh, keep consulting uh, at Villanova. What is he like? The the honorary just something ambassador dad he's just like a villain villanova dad uh ride that wave man i i don't wish the stress on him anymore i i envy him in a, in a way not that, well, I not like that, that i'm like wanting to retire but it's <laughs> it's a good place to be if you're him you know <laughs> right who knows he might be in sedona soon uh but jay Wright, i think he's in that group of just governors in college basketball even though he's not a part of college basketball he still has a seat at the table i would call it the round table jay Wright is at the round table and i think every single team and every single opportunity will be floated his way so he can say no nah, I don't think that's the right one until the end of time I don't think he ever comes back because like you said the the aura and the allure is better than the reality of having to go coach a college basketball season and do the speed dating of the transfer portal that's too much of a headache Jay Wright's already good he's already certified and he's already on the list of characters that count without even being a college basketball coach so he's good at 101 another coach that is no longer with us but he will be celebrated on February 24th that is Jim Beheim. there's officially going to be a Jim Beheim. He, he did not die. Like he died. No, he did not die. But he left the game that he loved so dearly, and I thought that he would be around forever. Of course, Jim Beheim, um, he will have his day um, on February 24th. It will be great for Syracuse. Syracuse will be totally different right now without him, so it'll be fascinating to see what it looks like. But he's going to be on ESPN, Kyle, man. You and I uh, talked about this, uh, or at least I, I think I talked to Drew Carter about this a little bit too, but he's going to be on ESPN. He's going to be on TV. We're going to see a lot of Jim Beheim, but there's going to be an entire day dedicated to him and that is why he is on the list at 101 speaking of syracuse man a lot a lot was made on ringer slack about about the the aging sort of hand on the heart like dear god i'm old kind of moment with uh with jerry mcnamara as as an assistant and then you know kyan anthony in the picture it was it was Mm. a real kind of uh age bearing down on you moment there <laughs> Beheim, there's a real opening for him here to be to take the curmudgeon thing that he was doing and just keep going to bring it to tv you know we know he doesn't care like he doesn't care to just kind of say what he thinks you know there's a quote the other day that came out about him you know kind of ragging on the nba saying you don't get better in the nba they don't want you to get better um it's either that or you go to the g league or go to europe i i we won't spend a lot of time, you know, criticizing that or picking that apart because it's it's a little too easy. But yeah, he's he's kind of he's kind of the anti Jay Wright, you know. He's kind of just like I don't really care to get swabbed up. I'm a ball coach. He's just like you know, get the hell off my lawn kind of thing. Maybe stayed a little too long. Um, good Maybe. for him to get his. What's that? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if that's debatable, but Beheim, lean into it. Make make that money. I feel like there's a real there's a real calling here for him to go in and, and be the the heel on TV. 
Absolutely. And Jim Beheim hates the media, but he also, because he hates them so much, he has to know the media so well. And obviously went to a big J university at Syracuse. So I think he's actually going to have a good time with this because I think he's learned the tropes of the media. He knows how to speak their language, so to speak. And uh, I think he's going to be a lot like Bob Knight, but maybe more polished, but he's probably going to be pretty brash when it comes to his critiques of others. And uh, coach K got an entire farewell tour. I scooped that once upon a time, uh, but he took the entire year to pat himself on the back and it did not in well. So Jim Beheim was smart enough not to do that. And now he gets his own dedicated day where he can't be embarrassed because he's not actually coaching the game and he gets to talk about it because he's on TV. So it's a it's a win-win for Jim Beheim, and uh, he won a lot of basketball games despite the NCAA trying to take him away. So Jim Beheim, shout out to you February 24th. That's my brother's birthday also. So uh, I'm sure he'll be happy to hear that Jim Beheim has taken that day away from him. Um, let's get to number 100 because speaking of things getting taken away, New York's team quote unquote, everybody wants to be New New York's team and Jim Beheim kind of had the de facto team with Syracuse for however many years. You can go way back, all the way back to when they won the championship in 2003 with Carmelo Anthony at least. But now Jordan Dingle, number 100 on the characters that counts list. He's a Kyle's guy candidate. Kyle Kyle loves this guy. He is uh, he's a big fan. He said that St. John's is New York's team. He's got room to grow, and he expects St. John's to have a big year with Rick Pitino. So he's number 100 on the list. Kyle, man, what do you think about Jordan Dingle? Should I speak or that this is Kyle's guy? I mean, he's the passion yeah, is true. coming, I mean, coming th- through over the Zoom. Kyle, I mean, speak on <laughs> why are you attracted to, to the Dingle? What's going he on? Loves Tell Dingle. us. First of all, you just it rolls off the tongue. And second of all, he's an Ivy Leaguer. He loved he mm. believed in the vision of Rick Patino. I'm pretty sure he was the the what was that the national player of the of the Ivy League last year. I don't know if that's the <laughs> correct terminology, but he's the Ivy League player of the year. That's right. the well, guy yeah. they picked. He was the guy, might as well have been, and he saw the vision. He jumped ship. He's in there with Patino. He's going to be right there in the East River if they don't um, if they don't win the championships <laughs> this year. So um, it's it's Kyle Guy, Jordan, Jordan Dingle. Yeah, I like it. He's a candidate, but you got lots of candidates on the list, Kyle. But uh, so don't don't de- determine it already. But I think Dingle's like he's he's number one on the board right now for Kyle, and he's going to wear number three, which I think is a very strong number. So shout out to Jordan Dingle. He doesn't have to be the primary ball handler either, either on this team, Kyle. Man, so that he gets to get some of those responsibilities, push him elsewhere, and focus on scoring, which I think will be great for him. Yeah, and we we forget to mention Naheem Aline the other day too, or the, another great. guy for St. John's. There's a lot of I know the clip came out. I think it was he he missed the first one to when they were playing Rutgers and then made right. the second one. Uh, the energy's back, baby. I'm just saying, you know, get out get out there, get you some of those 199 St. John. No, that's not an official endorsement. Some of those some of those 90s St. John's Red Storm shorts. It's just it's a feel good time. I'm pulling for it. I feel great about it. Kyle's so excited. It almost seemed like he couldn't keep his brain couldn't keep up with his mouth. He was so excited. He just he was just like effusing. But you're right, Tate. He needs to take it easy and and not uh, and not pull the trigger too quickly. Saint well, John's basketball. Kyle's baby, we're a back. New Yorker at heart, and he knows that they're New York's team because I think Jordan Dingle said it. We all were not you know maybe not ready to accept that reality, but you know with Jim Beheim out of the equation and Rick Pitino back into the equation, I think that Saint John's is New York's team, and I'm sure people will argue over it, but uh, right now I'm going to say that's the truth. Number 99 on the board. Let's keep rolling. The Bubble Boys, uh, in case you missed it, bracketology is officially a word according to the dictionary. Merriam-Webster has officially decided that Joe Lenardi's word and science um, is accredited. Um, They have to respect it. Bracketology is real. I have had my bouts with the Bubble Boys. I do respect the hustle. I do. I have to respect the hustle. Um, But like I said, I've had questions that have not been answered, and I have one big thing that I keep and continue to say. Show your work. They do not like to show their work. 
work for the to be such mathematicians. They do not like to show their work. I thought most mathematicians like to show their work, but I digress. The Bubble Boys, number 99 on the list. We will talk about them. They will talk about quad one wins and we will have, I'm sure, another bout in the future. But shout out to them. They made the list comment. Isn't it proprietary at some point? You don't want to give out, you know, you don't you don't want to reveal your source code. I know that's that's a sensitive thing in the app store. It's a battle Spotify is fighting right now, and I support them. Quit quit <laughs> quit uh, suffocating innovation. Release the algorithms. Yeah. yeah, let us I'm know. I'm just saying, uh, you can't you be a little reasonable with them, Tate. I'm not trying to defend the Bubble Boys. I'm just devil's advocate here. You know, I, no, you 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 like the you like the math that they're mathing over there, and I and look, I want to respect it, but sometimes when the quad one wins. The don't add up and the math does not check out. And I watched the tournament and I see one regional in Las Vegas last year that has four teams that should be in the final four because the entire tournament is, is wrongly seated. I have to throw my hand in the air and say, wait a second, who do That's I fair. blame for this? And I blame the bubble boys because they're the ones that set the tone. They know what they're doing, but we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. You made the list characters that count number 99, number 98 is someone that I have a lot more fun talking about. And that of course is Willie, the kid and the Bayou bandits. Okay. In case you missed it, Will, Wade, the head coach of McNeese State, is now putting out to the world that he is ready to saddle back up on that horse and drop that bag. And in a world where NIL is, um, you know, exists and is real and it can be exploited to the max, Will Wade is the man ready to do it. He put out uh, the poster for the season with him as Willie the Kid and the players as the Bayou Bandits. Did you see this, Kyle, man? And what are your thoughts on Will Wade at number 98? <laughs> Love Will. I didn't see that. I didn't see him as the bandit. Um, I mean, you know, I have some personal experience with Will Wade. I can tell you, fiery guy. He defends fiery people. Guy. You know, I got I got yelled at by him one time. It was a real special thing. I was I came back to my phone from playing pickup and saw saw a number I'd never seen before, and it said, "Hey, Kyle, this is Will Wade." I read everything in his voice. I was elated to be to be chewed out by Will Wade. That was a great moment for me. Uh, but yeah, um, he's he's ahead of his time. Do you think he's one of those guys that's going to be sort of? Uh, lionized and sort of made it made into a hero years from now are we going to be like hey this guy was way his strong ass offers were ahead of his time you know do you think history is going to be kind to will wade is, is he going to move up in our hearts after he's done years from now I don't think so. And I think there used to be this journey where you would like, uh, you know, go after the establishment. Right. And then you'd come back around. Calipari was like this early on. Right. Calipari was like, you know, F the blue bloods, F the establishment. I I can recruit Marcus Camby um, just like you can. And we'll see what happens. Rick Pitino with Patrick Ewing when he was at Boston. He's like, I'll recruit him, even though I know he's not coming here because I want to let you know that I'm not going to do the pecking order of this whole recruiting thing. I think that Will Wade was a little bit too much of a straight shooter because um, he was just I, strong ass offer. I'll make this happen. Um, I'll do whatever it takes. And, you know, it, it rubbed it rubbed the wrong pe the right people the wrong way, I would mm. say. And uh, and now Will Wade is kind of put on an island. But if he wins games, Kyle, man, as we both know, if you win, the rest does not matter. And that's what he's basically banking on, that he can get this secondary talent, this trickle down effect of talent to a smaller school former five-star guys, give them a platform and then win basketball games. Then all of a sudden you look up and Will Wade's coaching, you know, at, you know, Texas A&M or whatever it is, right? He he can jump back into the big pool once again, but it starts at McNeese State and he's number 98 on the board. So shout out to Will Wade. I love that he chewed you out. He probably will chew me out for saying that he he will never get that respect, but that it is a, a conversation for another day. Number 97, we have another Syracuse player. He's seven foot four. He's still growing. His name is Naheem McLeod. And um, I don't know if you've seen him before. I feel like he just got put on my radar by the Syracuse people, but he's seven foot four. 
core and growing. I feel like there's a whole conversation of seven foot plus players that we need to talk about. The bigs in college basketball. He's one of the ones I'm most fascinated by. Do you know anything about Naheem? And do you think, uh, you know, he will capture the imagination of Syracuse fans this year? Well, you know, you see a player that size and you think to yourself, well, why is he not with Leonard Hamilton? Well, he was with <laughs> Leonard Hamilton. Uh, right. You know, I always say that like Leonard Hamilton has like a Google alert set on his phone where like it's it's sort of I don't know. He has some kind of inside deal where like medical records, if he catches wind that there's, you know, a 12 pound baby, he's like he tells his wife, you know, I got to he puts his coat over his shoulder. He's like, I got to go. I got to go start recruiting this kid. Um, You know, he's had he started out, you know, at, Ch at Chipola. Uh, community college and he's sort of like been sort of building up steam hasn't really had a huge output year yet but in the time that he plays i mean he's been mildly productive you know he's only played 11.1 and 13.1 minutes uh during 2021 and 2023 uh at florida state i he's just one of those guys that Maybe he'll pop. Maybe he'll get a chance to pop. I, it would have been interesting to see him sitting in the center of that zone. I'm trying to think of the last guy that size that they had. They usually have those kind of bruising bigger guys. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm pulling for him. You know, he's 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 sort of raw offensively. He'll have the chance here to get to get a you know get some playing time and and take a step forward. We'll see if he does. Yeah, Fab Mello was the first name that came to mind when you mentioned yeah, that's that. Yeah, I was I, thinking. And I think Fab Mello is, uh, you know, that 2012 run when he wasn't able to be a part of the tournament run is something that'll probably haunt uh, Syracuse fans for quite some time because he was so talented and perfect in that zone. But Red Autry said we might not even be running zone this year. So who knows what Syracuse looks like? We're all kind of uh, waiting, you know, with anticipation to see. But shout out to Naheem. I think he's going to be fun to watch if he does play. Number 96, we have a guy who used to play really well at a high level. Mark Aguirre, in case you missed it, DePaul basketball has been trying to come back since 1998, 1999. Somewhere in that range. And Mark Aguirre was the former National Player of the Year. Took him to the Final Four. They lost in 1979 to Indiana State with a guy by the name of Larry Bird. So Mark Aguirre was a part of the, uh, the the highlights of DePaul basketball. What they always beckon back to. Shout out to Terry Cummings as well. Those two guys. But Mark Aguirre has been appointed as a special assistant to the AD at DePaul. Um, I talked to Mark Aguirre a few years ago um, with BJ Armstrong. And he just said his dream was to get DePaul basketball back. So I know he's going to be fired up. He's 96 on the board. DePaul, I'm not sure about the optimism with the team this year, but Mark Aguirre is back in the fold, and this is good news for DePaul basketball. I don't want to jump ahead of things, but I think uh, DePaul basketball is trending up. I think they're trending up officially, Kyle Man. Maybe if we follow the same blueprint that St. John's did, we can get a coach who maybe is a little distressed as an asset. Maybe that coach could be Will Wade. Who knows? Mm. But Mark Aguirre, man, uh, a little nugget on him. Uh, he, I randomly came across this. I think I told you one day. This guy has a YouTube channel that uh, I don't think people are aware of where he just like points the camera at himself and tells stories for extended amounts of time. I really appreciate that, that commitment to just spur the moment doing that. Uh, but yeah, dude's a legend, you know, took took the Pistons to the next level. But maybe he can do make it. Maybe he can take DePaul basketball to the next level here in the, in, the, in this year of our Lord. Special assistant to Dwayne Peavy, who came from Kentucky, uh, who was the uh, sort of basically the basketball ED here. But uh, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see a little uh, maybe a little Sammy Mejia, you know, commemorative jersey night. You know, you never know. The possibilities are endless. Take. Just keep the kids in Chicago. Right. That's the, that's all we say. Just keep the Chicago kids in Chicago. Let them play for DePaul. Mark Aguirre, sell the dream. We love to see it. Uh, next up, speaking of guys selling the dream. Grant McCaslin, uh, the head coach at Texas Tech, new head coach, was at North Texas last year, took them to the NIT championship. Then their entire team just got poached. 
the mean green. A lot of people, a lot of players bouncing around. Tyler Perry, one of the most notable ones, goes to Kansas State. But the coach, Grant McCaslin, comes in after Mark Adams. Chris Beard, obviously there before, goes to the national championship game, leaves to go to his alma mater, Texas. Then that situation happens. Mark Adams is there at Texas Tech. He has a whole nother situation happen behind the scenes, which is crazy. And then he's out and didn't have a good year, good year last year. We saw him at the Miami Invitational. It did not look good. And uh, now McCaslin is the the hope. I mean, he was a point guard for Baylor back in the day. He was at Arkansas State before. He's kind of one of these uh, new faces in college basketball that's getting a lot of pub and a lot of love. And uh, Texas Tech is a place that's ripe with talent. They've always been able to put together a pretty good basketball team. And I think McCaslin, with his defensive acumen is going to be able to get them back. So uh, shout out to Grant McCaslin. He's on the list. You may not know much about him, but I feel like this year, as you watch the season unfold, people will start talking about him a little bit more. So he's right there at number 95. Yeah. Continuing sort of the Texas Tech brand of physicality, which is sort of the the Houston brand and the, I guess it's just kind of the state of Ted, the Lone Star brand maybe, but Texas Tech in particular has done it really well in re- recent years. Big thing for them is just, can we get some like stasis for a while here you know they lost chris beard in terms of like him jumping to another job but um you know and then they had just the the turmoil just the internal turmoil and uh let's see if they can just kind of cruise for a while maybe uh mccaslin can help them do that yeah and uh shout out to him because he is a really good basketball coach and we need good basketball coaches we have a drought right now it's kind of like quarterbacks in the nfl i'm like we there's a drought we need better quarterbacks we need better coaches grant mccaslin is one of those coaches speaking of good basketball coaches number 94 on the list steve lavin the head coach at san diego also a friend of the program love coach lav he's the best he's trying to build something trying to as he said to me via text build a culture that's what everyone wants to build come in they want to build a culture he's trying to do that at san diego and uh, I'm excited for him. Hopefully, we'll have him on the show very soon. Uh, he told me to reach out through the SID. I was like, okay, we'll, we'll play that game. We'll get it set up. But uh, Steve Lavin, true friend of the program, and also going to have, I think, a pretty good team this year. He said he didn't want to make any major promises, but I think they're going to be a better team than they have been. And San Diego is an easy place to recruit. I, I do know that because once you come out and visit, you say, I would like to go to school here. San Diego State has that same thing going, and they just made the Final Four. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's such a comfortable place that you could probably find yourself getting a little too comfortable, maybe losing focus. I didn't. I've never had that experience. I went to school in Kentucky where it gets cold and things like that, and you're just indoors. Uh no, uh, yeah, Lav Lav's a legend. has a has a long history of, of recruiting really well. He's a charismatic guy. Uh, San Diego, though, you know they're up against it. They're San Diego State, obviously great program. You know out there and. Uh, Let's make it's, that a rivalry. That's what we need. We 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 need that to be a, a full on rivalry. We need some shit talk. We need we need some drama. So I'm putting that to you, Coach Lab. You can start this. He was on TV at Fox Sports for years. He knows how the game goes. So uh, just put out a quote out there that you're just like, I don't really respect San Diego State. And then the rest just let 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 the dominoes fall. And then say you got taken out of context. So that wasn't the full quote. You know what That's I mean? All you then, do. Say, yeah. then you say something nice after that. Then and then all of a sudden we have a real rivalry brewing and. Uh, that would be great. So Steve Lavin, 94, 93 is someone close <laughs> to our hearts. Uh, friend of the program, the athletic director at LMU, Craig Pittens. Shout out to Craig. He uh, he has offered and extended the invitation to everyone here at the OSP program to come to practice, to watch LMU. Um, shout out Coach Stan. He's doing great stuff there. They got a fun team. They won at Gonzaga last year. People forget this. So LMU, um, great history. I called them a sleeping giant once upon a time. Their AD, Craig, is the best. He got us... Uh, 
you know, Final Four tickets for a couple years. And all in all, it's just been a, a supportive friend of the program that's actually in the business. So shout out to him. Wanted to give him his shine. And uh, LMU basketball, Kyle, man, we got to go and we got we got to support. That's that's the home team. That's the real home team of the, of, of the broadcast. Yeah, I'm down. I, I'll fall in line and kiss the ring. I'd love some Final Four tickets. You know, I don't know that right. I'll have any kind of rooting interest to be there. I don't know if either one of us will. Seems we're gonna unlikely. be there. We're yeah. gonna be there. We're gonna be there. We're gonna be in the building. It's Phoenix. It's easy. Actually, it's Glendale, but you know, it's close enough to Phoenix. And uh, Harry, our good friend from Against All Odds, said that we are welcome to stay with him. I'm not sure we're gonna accept that invitation, but I do appreciate it. And uh, <laughs> based we're on gonna... the thing, I don't know, Harry, but the things I've heard, I don't know if we want to do that. Right? Right. I think we're gonna South be at talks? Ken's house, and then it's like, d- does the plus one in the house get invites to other plus plus three at this point? I'm I'm not sure about that, but we'll figure that out at a later date, uh, or probably around you know what first week of april that's when we'll decide uh how that looks but that it'll, it'll be good all in all yeah sounds good to me all right sign us up craig pitt 93 number 92 uh if you watch and you keep up with sports media you know mad dog russo he's one of the best in the business he's a maniac he goes on first take on wednesdays and it makes me laugh a lot because he's not afraid to bring up players from the 60s and 70s and say they're better than anyone from today and in a world where everyone wants to say that evolution exists i like that mad dog russo says no and uh and sticks to his guns and he has the facts to back it up and his son just won a national championship as a grad assistant last year at uconn and now he's an assistant coach at northern arizona tim russo he's a character that counts because mad dog really counts i love mad dog radio i love mad dog the character He's the one that invented this whole little world of just yelling on TV as if uh, it's life and death about, you know, who should be starting for the Miami Dolphins. And it's just good TV. The man gets it. And his son obviously gets basketball because he's one for one. He he was a grad assistant, won a national championship, and now he gets bumped up as an assistant coach. So he's number 92 on the board, Tim Russo. I think that's a fair spot for him, Um, you know, (laughs) I don't I don't know that I have any more to add on to that, Tate. I think I think you nailed it. Are you are you a Mike and the Mad Dog guy? Because I mean, we're not from the Northeast, right? That that's like a that's a thing that we kind of get like uh, told about, and we're like, yeah, okay, I get it. But uh, you know, Mad me. Dog, absolutely foreign to me. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, anytime I just kind of like look at with with wide eyes whenever I hear that stuff. I didn't grow up on sport like sports talk radio like that. I I did I missed that. That wasn't my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I respect that. Uh, but you have to, you know, you have to give your tip of the cap. You know, the big J's appreciate that because for whatever reason, Mike and the Mad Dog, the big J's love. So shout out to Tim Russo. We love it. Number 91, number 91, we have Jameer Nelson Jr. That's right. Jameer Nelson has a son and he is playing for TCU and TCU just beat Kansas State in a secret scrimmage. And Jameer Nelson Jr. was one of the reasons for it. Um, like I said, Jameer Nelson is, you know, a legend at St. Joe's, now a scout in the NBA. His son was great last year at Delaware. Delaware playing for former Notre Dame assistant there at Delaware Inglesby, who has worked with guards like Pat Connaughton, Demetrius Nicholson, right? A lot of good guards, uh, Jeremy Grant that came out of Notre Dame. So um, he was around a good coaching staff at Delaware. Now goes to TCU playing for Jamie Dixon and Jameer Nelson Jr. You like his game, Kyle, man. You think it translates to the NBA potentially? Uh, I don't know if I'm ready to go there yet, but I do like okay. his game. Uh, he has sort of the he has sort of that like slow mo pace physicality game, similar to his dad. His dad had a little more twitch to him. Um, you know, he's you know he's climbing. I was telling you, I was texting you. I, th- I thought this was a pretty good. I won't read the whole thing. You know, the the si- the size thing. You know, he's six one, two hundred pounds, like we said. So he's built like a tank. Lean scoring. 
But I was laughing at the the scouting report that I that I read on him. It was like, you know, they're praising his height and his athleticism and all his feel and stuff. And then at the end of the scouting report, it says if Nelson had better shooters around him this season, his play with his playmaking ability, his numbers would have been much higher. Which there was it's not attributed to anybody who wrote it. And I was just telling you that just sounds like maybe dad wrote that, which I'm not I'm not saying dad's wrong, but I just I like any scouting report that's just like, you know, if if the, he hadn't been in the presence of bums. He would have looked a lot better. Uh, I just I enjoyed that. Uh, rooting for rooting for legacy NBA players here, though. Yeah, we love the second generation stars. Those are my favorites. And uh, Steph Curry, obviously, probably the poster boy of that situation. But in general, there's a lot of good second generation stars. And we'll talk about a few as we continue to roll through. That's right. That's a teaser, folks. Bronny James is one of the characters that counts um, on our big board. So we'll talk about him in the future. Maybe, maybe even DJ Rodman. We'll see. Um, but yeah, Jameer Nelson Jr. will be fun to watch. And TCU is going to be a really good basketball team. Shout out to Jamie Dixon. Great basketball coach. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, Restrictions all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear. Especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com. Slash Simmons. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Number 90 on the board, we got Kashad Johnson. You remember him last year from San Diego State's Final Four run. Um, was a big, you know, part of that run. And then he transferred to Arizona with Tommy Lloyd. You're already seeing videos of Caleb Love throwing lobs to Kashad jo- uh, Johnson. He's an Oakland, California native. I like his game. He's a small that can play big. He's got a lot of strength. And, uh, you know, he's one of those guys where when you look at Arizona and you talk about depth and you talk about guys, they have a lot of depth and they have a lot of guys. And he's one of the ones that we're going to know pretty well well as this season rolls on is he one of them ones though Tate? he could you know? be one of them ones i'm not gonna say it but he could be yeah uh, don't bestow that too too liberally there i don't want you to water <laughs> it down the the honor that it is uh you know arizona i, I was laughing like i, I remember the, during the tournament we were looking at like a shot's shot chart and he had like this incredible hot spot 
like in the eight foot range. He has a really interesting kind of like push shot game in that eight foot range, but he's very physical. You said you're talking about him being small. I mean, he's, he is kind of like a a physical forward who can guard bigger. Like you said, um, but Arizona overall is really interesting. You know, they have Jaden Bradley, who sort of, I don't know if you want to, what word, fled to, to, to from Alabama to, to Arizona. But then you got, J, you know, Caleb Love, Omar Ballo, obviously coming down from Gonzaga. They have a, 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 like an interesting EuroLeague presence on this team uh, with some names that I'm not going to try to pr- pronounce to, so I don't sound <laughs> like an idiot. But then there's Will Kuykendall, who's another guy for, for Arizona. Is he carrying on the, the legacy of hi- happy Kuykendall from Blue mm. Chips? Who can say? Uh, but Arizona, you know, they, they have an interesting, I don't know. It's kind of like the, one of those like mad hatter screaming change places things. Like it, this is, this is the hardest time I feel like I've ever had like acclimating to the rosters in college basketball. And Arizona is one of the toughest ones. Cause I feel like they just, you know, somebody pushed a boggle button and just mixed them up. Like it's, it's a whole new squad. Yeah. And Tommy Lloyd is basically operating under the, the guys that anybody can be a star in any game. And, uh, that I think is going to be fascinating because you got Boswell too. You didn't even mention five star point guard that's going to be a star for this team as well. You would, you would suspect. And even Visar is a guy that stepped in last year behind Balo that has a lot of talent. So, I mean, they're a team that, uh, maybe this is how I get aggregated. Every team that I think has the talent to win a national championship, I'm, I'm saying there's a path for them to win the national championship. Arizona has a very clear path. And last year, I thought they had a clear path as well. And they lost to Princeton in the first round, as predicted by Bill Simmons. You know what I mean? So they they didn't have a clear path, Tate. They had Princeton in their way. They had had Tosan Awoma. I don't even know what you're talking about. The Awoma, they smelt a fragrant Awoma and they were sent home packing by the Princeton Tigers. I'm shocked that you would say this. You can't quit them. Look at you. You got a grin on your face. You're never going to quit them. This is this is something else. I'm a Steve Robinson, Tommy Lloyd guy. I think that's what it is. And I, I don't even have any vested interest there. I don't have any real connections other than I love Coach Rob. But, uh, you know, I, I just I can't predict them to win anything after what they did to me last year. So I'm going to leave Arizona at bay. But I do think that they do have a clear path. And I'll put that on the record. Uh, number 89, let's stay in the Pac-12. The future debunk Pac-12. Tristan De Silva, Colorado Ford, Tad Boyle. As much as people are talking about Coach Prime, Coach Prime, Coach Prime, the Colorado basketball team looks pretty good. And Tristan De Silva is going to be the face of it. Um, um, he had a great quote because Colorado was basically saying they're stamping it on the ground. We are a new blood. We don't care about the blue bloods. And the quote is this. I feel if you're one of the, those blue bloods, the pressure's on you, says Tristan De Silva. So he has completely flipped it around. And he said, the little guys, we're actually okay. We're in the final four. We're competing for championships. The blue bloods are trying to go chase relevance. That's not us anymore. That's on them. Um, I like how he turned the tables. Tristan De Silva, I like his game. I liked his brother's game when he was at Stanford. Um, so I, I like the De Silva family in general. They're a good basketball family, and I think he's going to have a big step forward, and we're going to be talking about the Buffaloes and the uh, basketball team instead of Coach Prime. Yeah, I got Cody Williams over there, too. It's going to be, you know, it's interesting when you just kind of say that the pressure's on somebody else, whether you can just kind (laughs) of point at them and put it on them like a curse. I don't know if that's exactly how it works, but he has a good point about the way, you know, I think like college basketball, the talent sort of flattening out the fact that people can just, uh, you know, year to year, go figure out what they, what, you know, makes it a little harder to, you know, memorize the names on the rosters. Uh, You have to, you have to do some studying up. You can't just kind of bank on like, I know that person's going to be there. You get a little surprised sometimes, but that's okay. And I don't think he's wrong. I think, I think it's, it's been, it's done a good thing for the parody in, in college basketball. The pressure part of it, I don't know, but I like the mentality that he's got. 
Well, I think App State is the only team in the country returning their starting five this year. So that says something about the state of college basketball. It's in flux. Everyone is moving everywhere, and there's a lot of pieces to put together. But the Silva will be a piece that we know. He's number 89 on the list. Number 88 is a very, um, I would say, forgettable coach. A lot of people don't talk about him when they bring up coaches in college basketball. I think it's his name. Mike White just feels like a very generic name, even though I have a, a Mike White in my life that's a really cool guy and a doctor and really smart dude. So, I mean, Mike White can have some cachet, but he's the head coach at Georgia. There was also some people saying you can't go from Florida to Georgia. Those are two rivals. People get upset about this, but Mike White said, damn it, I don't care. I'm going to Georgia. I'm taking the job. And he is a bad guy. I think a lot of people um, do not respect the fact that he is a BAG guy, but that is what Georgia basketball needs. The football program is back-to-back champs. They're all good. They're figuring it out. But the basketball program's got to take some of that money and run. And Mike White says, I can do that. I can make that happen. Asa Newell, one of the top recruits in the country, is on the verge of committing to Georgia, most people suspect. So he's doing well in the high school recruiting pool. He got some nice talent to come there to play in Athens. So Mike White, so one that people maybe wrote off a little bit. His dad was the athletic director at Duke for quite some time. Mm -hmm. He knows how the game goes. He knows how it works. And Mike White's going to have a a, a solid year at Georgia, I think. It is sort of a weird jump to go from unprompted. I mean, he wasn't fired. He just took the job at Georgia. Herb syndicked it. Yeah, he got out of there. Yeah, yeah, he syndicked it. Um, And tough for for a coach who's a little bit forgettable you know it's a little tough that the showrunner and writer of the white lotus his name is is mike white also you know that's, <laughs> that's true tough. yeah that's, right. that's really tough for him the most interesting man by the way mike white was literally on survivor like i mean this guy is like just like a entertainment unicorn he was all over the place so uh shout out to him yeah yeah t- tough for him but maybe maybe he wants to deal in the shadows it's good maybe maybe the, the mike lotus mike lotus white lotus mike uh <laughs> mike white succeeding is good for him he's like go ahead go ahead you do your thing i'm gonna be back here in the shadows operating you know uh who knows i we'll see yeah i like the white lotus comp for mike white maybe that's what we call the georgia program underneath uh you know his guidance so there you go number eight Jets legend mike white too don't forget him Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they, yeah, there you go, Kyle. Yeah, Kyle's Thanks, jumping Kyle. in. Yeah, yeah, that was good. I like that. Uh, number Dynamite 87. drop in. <laughs> yeah, beautiful drop in. Number 87. Speaking of guys about the drop in, the Maryland front court, uh, Deshaun Harris Smith, a freshman from the DMV. Um, this is simple. I mean, Kevin Willard said to the world, this is the best freshman class he's ever had. He said that the freshmen look and are ready to play Big Ten basketball, which is always something that, you know, the Big Ten likes to spout about. You know, you got to get a year in there to really get ready for the physical of the Big Ten. So the fact that Kevin Willard is already saying that this this guy in particular, Deshaun Harris-Smith, is going to be one of those guys, I think he's a candidate to be one of those ones. And uh, if you don't know the name now, you will know it very soon. It is a hyphen, Harris-Smith. That's the hyphen in the second part of the name. But Deshaun Harris-Smith, a freshman from the DMV, is he on the big boards? Like, is he, a, is he an NBA potential guy, Kyle Mann, or is he off the beaten path still? Uh, no, he's definitely, he could work himself into like a fringe first rounder. I mean, he's going to have to prove some things this year. I was trying to think of a comp for him because I was thinking, you know, he's not like a knockdown shooter, but he's a high motor, sort of a toolsy intangible, like winning player is the thing you hear people say a lot about him. He just kind of finds ways to put, put the ball in the basket. Um, I was trying to think there was a guy for UConn that was that was sort of a, a non-shooter. I was thinking nah, Ricky Moore is not a good one. I was thinking CJ Fair, Kevin mm. Freeman, maybe a little bit that played for UConn. That's who I was thinking of. But he's more of a forward. Anyway, forget these comps. These are all terrible. But uh, he's <laughs> he's a, he's a guy that's going to he's fearless. I mean, he's very, very physical. He loves to play defense. 
Um, but like I said, yeah, if, if some of those like ball skills things, he starts to demonstrate that he could, you know, show some growth in those areas and he plays defense on the other end. Yeah, he could he could flirt with being a being a first round pick, probably a late first round pick, but he could flirt with it. Yeah, I like that, you know, Maryland's in the mix again. That's what we want. I'm a big Maryland basketball. Let's make them relevant again. I am trying to make the push. The Big Ten, they won it, so they finally got some respect in the conference, and I feel like that's helping the momentum. Kevin Willard was a nice pickup. He knows how to recruit the DMV. He knows, like, how to play the game. He never had an NIL fund before. Now he has it in Maryland, and he's making the most of it. So shout out to him. Number 86, let's talk about Mongolian Mike. You may have known him from his time at Dayton, but now he is at San Francisco. His dad was a Harlem Globetrotter, the first Asian Harlem Globetrotter that they ever had. So Mongolian Mike is a, a, a basketball lineage. He gets the game. Um, some people had him as a potential NBA type talent, but he decides to leave Dayton, Ohio and go to play for San Francisco, another sleeping giant that we have here on the West Coast. What do you know about Mongolian Mike? And do I like him just because he has the best nickname and maybe in college basketball with Mongolian Mike? I hate to do this, but I was wondering, is Mike the Mongol? Is that is that better or worse? Is Or just Mongolian Mike? Kyle, weigh in. Is Mongolian Mike more musical? I think it probably is. I don't know. I just like Mongol. I feel like Mongol is like, I'm a I'm a badass, you know? I don't know. It Am sounds I, like I, he's going to hurt you. It just sounds like he's... Yeah. Maybe when he's dominating, he's the Mongol. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when he's not, he's just being a normal guy. He's Mongolian Mike. And, I, and it, honestly, let's be honest. The reason why everyone calls him Mongolian Mike is because they can't pronounce his last name. So they, <laughs> they have decided to, to avoid that and just say Mongolian Mike. Can you pronounce his last name one more time? That was I was waiting for you to say it before I jumped. Sheriff in. Jamps, right? That, that's what it is. Sheriff Jamps. Sheriff Jamps. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah. that's phonetically it looks right. Uh, he's he's interesting because when you watch him from a distance, you're like he's very. He has sort of a fluid. He moves easily. He kind of he moves in a way that doesn't totally. He's one of those guys that from a distance you can't look at them and be like, I'm for sure. I know how tall that guy is. Like mm. he handles the ball pretty smoothly. He didn't have a crazy output last year. I mean, only 5.6 points per game. Um, but on a, on a team with another, with another draft pick there <clears throat> at Dayton. Um, yeah. If you're looking down through, I mean, he had a couple high, he didn't really have any crazy high out point, you know, moments last year. He had a pretty good game against BYU where he had 15 points. He seems like somebody that's physically just kind of maturing. He's a little bit of the opposite. Uh, of Deshaun at, at Maryland, like you know, he's a little more physically ready. I just feel like if I feel like if uh, Mongol uh, Mike the Mongol, if he <laughs> if he starts to physically mature, he could be one of those guys that matures sort of in that twenty one range. Um, I like him though. He has moments where you're like, yeah, I see it, I see it, because he shoots an easy ball, handles the ball pretty well for his size. He has all kind of the, he just needs the physical thing to to round out into shape. And that can happen in San Francisco. San Francisco has like an ability to uh, just always be involved in basketball, even if they don't want to be. Um, like I said, it's just naturally the Dons are a sleepy giant and they're involved. And I feel like we're going to be talking about him at some point. So Mongolian Mike, put that on your board. He's a character that counts. Number 85 is a character that counts because he was the first to ever be a 16 seed. Um, we'll talk about Tobin Anderson a little bit later. He's the latest one to do it. But the first one to do it was Ryan Odom, head coach at UMBC. Um, he then goes and goes to Utah State. He did not really like the Utah State setup from what I gather. Um, he's a Baptist boy from the South, so he was there at Utah State and was like, this is uh, culturally, when you're trying to build a culture and your cultures don't add up, then you have a problem. So he decided to go for the VCU job when it opened up and now I think he's back where he belongs. He's in that Virginia, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina recruiting pool. Um, his dad is Dave Odom, who is a big friend of the program, one of my favorite coaches ever, former uh, Wake Forest coach that coached Tim Duncan. But Ryan Odom is, is a second generation coach I think VCU is ripe for the taking right now. And uh, I think Ryan Odom is going to have a really, really big year 
um, coming up. So uh, shout out to Ryan Odom there at number 85. What are your thoughts on him first year at VCU? Don't blame him for coming home. The sweetest winds blow across the South. That's a fact. <laughs> you know, I don't, you know, it, I could see how it would be a little bit. I've been out to Utah. It's a different place. You know, it's, they, you know, credit to them. They have, it's all justified, but it, it is different. Um, yeah, he seems like he's a guy on the climb, you know, a, a guy who can really get a lot out of his teammates. I rewatched some of that UMBC game uh, recently just to kind of see if there was a moment uh, that, it's one of those games that you just can't believe it happened. And you go back just to check the tape to see where, you know, the cracks form and how it happened. Um, but yeah, he's a guy that was not a fluke. He's a, he's a real basketball coach that comes from a pedigree, um, ready to climb some more at VCU, VCU, you know, another, another place with basketball pedigree. So, you know, the resources are going to be in place for him there. Uh, and we'll see if he can take another step forward. Yeah, it's actually really cool that a decade later, like VCU, I think, is in a really good spot as a basketball program. Shaka Smart's in a really good spot as a basketball coach at Marquette. So it's like a lot of times in these divorces, when you have your highlight moment, you leave the small school kind of things can go awry. But for both sides, it feels like they both won a decade later. So shout out to Ryan Odom. Shout out to VCU. I'm excited to watch them. Richmond VCU is one of my favorite rivalries in college basketball. I've talked about it before. Um, it's just the best. And it's like the, the local rivalry that you want. Um, they're diametrically opposed, but they are living in the same area. And it just has this, you know, ferocity that that you love to see in a rivalry. So shout out to, to VCU and Richmond. Shout out to the spot. Fighters. Shout out to Danny Heifetz, by the way, went to Richmond and uh, always know reminds that. me of that. Yeah. So he's, he's a great Richmond alum there. And, uh, you know, th it's always fun to talk Richmond basketball. So let's keep it going. Let's talk about Xavier basketball, because the head coach of your Xavier Musketeers, Sean Miller. Yes, that's right. That's Sean Miller, the FBI's uh, number one, um, you know, target once upon a time. Sean Miller now has a podcast. It is called the Sean Miller podcast. It is presented by Deer Park Roofing. And the first episode uh, dropped today and uh, it was not on Spotify it was not on Apple Podcasts but the tweet did drop I think eventually they did get the episode up but um, Sean Miller as the podcast is a character that counts because one we're going to see a, he a head coach go right after a game and just you know he did a podcast independently before I think with Field of 68 so he's done it before he knows how to talk in the mic but Sean Miller is a, a fiery guy in general and now he has a place to vamp and vent which is what we want we like vamping we like venting and Sean Miller has his own podcast do it presented by Deer Park Roofing. And uh, I think it's going to be a great product. And I think we're going to be pulling clips from it, Kyle. I think that's that's the update. Kyle, producer social Kyle's going to do some work. Yeah, some social breakouts of what the hell is Sean Miller talking about this week? Because I think Xavier is going to be a good team, but they're playing in a loaded conference. So he's going to have a lot of thoughts. Did you listen to his, his first episode? No, Did the, you get... the episodes weren't on Spotify. Uh, and I only listened to, to episodes on Spotify. I'm a company man. So, yeah, I, I hopefully I'll listen to it. But shockingly, despite me not listening, just the idea of it made the list. Well, you could see if you were good at it, it could be an opportunity. If you don't heavily, heavily edit it and turn it into, you know, just sort of like a USA Today McPaper type situation, you know, like, you know, McPodcast. If, if, if you let it fly and let, let players get to know you and they see that you're real, I could see it having sort of a recruiting advantage. I don't think we've really seen a coach do that. You know, Cal had a show, but it was... Very, very, very heavily edited. I don't, you know, I'm, I don't know if you saw the interview that he did the other day with, uh, with, with a Cal yeah, has a way of just kind of corning things up sometimes, not trying to take it that way, but there's an opening here. You know, I'm just saying, Sean Miller, if, if, if you really want to carve out a niche here and sort of, uh, build a recruiting tool for yourself, this, this is a, this is a good way to do it. 
Yeah. Also, dishonorable mention um, to Mark Gottfried, who is also starting a podcast right now where he is going to be telling stories. So, um, you know, Sean Miller still in the game, still, still telling stories. Mark Gottfried, the Godfather himself. Um, in a world where we have bad guys and good guys, he might be one of the few bad guys that's out there. But he's also um, entertaining. So I, I, I can only imagine what Mark Gottfried will be talking about. Those are also some clips we might have to pull. But we're in a time now where it used to be the radio show, right? Every coach had the radio show. They'd have the, the voice of the team would host it with them. And like you said, it's very curated. It's very loose. It's like, what do you like from, you know, this point guard this week in practice? You know, it's very, you know, uh, vanilla general, things like that. But um, I think the podcasts are different because they have to be. And that opens the door for Mark Godfrey to get a little loose and Sean Miller to go a little bit crazy. And uh, for us as the listeners and the fans to have a little bit more content to talk about. So thank you, Sean Miller. And thank you to Deer Park Roofing for making that happen. Number 83, we got the Gonzaga Demon Deacons, Hunter Salas, Efton Reed, Two former five-star guys both ended up at Gonzaga. Efton Reed was uh, at LSU before that with Will Wade, but then he goes to Gonzaga. Now he transfers to Wake Forest. Wake Forest is a good team. I think that they have a lot of talent. They did lose their secret scrimmage, allegedly, um, to Georgetown. That's a different conversation, but I like the Gonzaga guys getting a second chance in Winston-Salem. What do you think about Salas and Efton Reed? Do they still have hope? Uh, is there still belief that, that Hunter Salas could be uh, a five-star shooting guard like he once was? Oh yeah, of course. There's hope. You never know. You know, context is everything. You can you can get in a situation where maybe you have a little more open road to experiment. I've I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. Which is better to have to have the open road to experiment, or is it better for everyone, or is it better for some people to fall in line and and have just sort of like a uh, learn to play a role on a team? Um, you know, I think I think absolutely. Salas is is uh, the challenges are a little different between for him for for Salas and Reed uh, together, but. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a school with a, a you know a a demonstrated pedigree. basketball history and and pedigree, and they're in a good conference, and I I like it. I'm I'm all about it. You know, it's definitely a better conference than the you know the West Coast Conference. No, no offense to them, but uh, typically is the case. Um, yeah, I'm pulling for it. I, I could see them having a big year. I like that the Wake Forest has decided to zag and they go completely all the way in with these Gonzaga guys. And I like the second chance redemption tour in the ACC. And I think Wake Forest has a chance to be top five, top six team in the ACC if all things go right. Guys don't get hurt. And um, we've seen them be successful. They're right on the cusp of getting in the tournament. Um, so they should uh, hopefully get things together this year. Um, next up, we got Joe Pasternak. I mentioned Shaw Miller before. This was his assistant back in Arizona. He joined UC Santa Barbara back in 2017. They won the Big West regular season last year, won the Big West tournament last year. He was the Big West coach of the, coach of the year in 2021. He's also a validated, verified, and stamped certified bad guy, BAG guy. And uh, we love Joe Pasternak. They're always in the tournament. They're always making some noise. They always have some good basketball players. I think he's a really good basketball coach. I really do. Um, I think he's also built a nice program there with the Gauchos. They don't get talked about enough. Santa Barbara is a beautiful place, just like we talked about with San Diego. So Joe Pasternak, number 82, honestly, higher than most people would suspect, but I think Pasternak's going to have a good year. There was a lot of buzz. There was a lot of shock, a lot of Reddit action about how high this ranking was. People have kind of tried to calm themselves down, fan themselves because their circuits were overloading. It was a surprise move by you, Tate. Mm. You you really, you know, you're really going at you're you're betting, you're betting on your guy. You're betting on a bad guy, which is typically a good thing to do because money talks. I'm all about it. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm envious and ad admiring your your courage to 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 call a shot like this. 
Yeah, and shout out to Indiana because Indiana, once again, Joe Pasternak is a graduate of Indiana, and he's another name, right? Even though they're all happy with Mike Woodson right now, Indiana fans love having coaches kind of in the cupboard that they can always open up when things aren't going great and say, man, Dusty May would be great here, right? Joe Pasternak, maybe he'd come here and be an associate head coach with Dusty May, build out this great uh, you know, coaching lineup. So Joe Pasternak, he's always going to be a character that counts here. Number 81, a character that counts because it's one of my favorite families in basketball, the Drew family. Obviously talking about Bryce Drew um, because, you know, the other Drew is going to be a lot higher on the list. But Bryce Drew, head coach at Grand Canyon, in case you missed it, Grand Canyon basketball is back um, or they just began. It is the big boom there at Grand Canyon. And Jerry Colangelo is the man responsible for it. He's the one that said this should be a basketball haven. This is where people should go that believe in basketball and whatever else they're giving their crazy fans in the crowd because these people are electric. I don't even know how to explain it. Um, So if you haven't seen a Grand Canyon fan, uh, in a game, then you need to go check it out on YouTube. They're insane. And Bryce Drew, a bad guy himself and making things happen. And uh, I think Grand Canyon's slowly becoming a staple and an option for a lot of good basketball players. What are your thoughts on uh, Bryce Drew out there at Grand Canyon? I've always called him the pastor because I think he looks like a Southern Baptist pastor. He's always got those sort of, he's always got those kind of metallic yellows, those sort of like Regis-y kind of mm-hmm. ties. I just, I see him talking softly to old, old women in the congregation. I've always thought that about Bryce Drew, but Grand Canyon has had a way of bringing in relative, you know, they, they, they've they had a way of like making a splash. You know, I know mm-hmm. the Colangelo sort of connection there is probably a, a, a way of doing that, um, a nice sort of resource there. Um, yeah, he's, he failed miserably at Vanderbilt. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I don't know for sure that this is going to work. Um, I'd hope that it does, but, um, yeah, Bryce drew, he's, he's always an interesting character to have around in college basketball. I think they broke through, though, right? That was the whole point. Grand Canyon had to break through, win their conference, make the NCAA tournament, and then maybe he's the John the Baptist, right, of the whole program, and then there's someone else that's going to be the one that takes Grand Canyon to that next echelon if they want to be there. Um, And I think Jerry Colangelo probably does want them to be there, so we'll see what happens. But I I think at the level that they are right now, Bryce Drew is perfect. Uh, So shout out to him, number 81 on the board. Number 80, Kerr Creasa. Um, you remember him from Arizona with Kerr on the back. It was a nice like little hat tip to Steve Kerr's time at Arizona. Kerr Creasa now is at uh, West Virginia, transferred there to play for Huggy Bear. Obviously, we know what happened with Huggy Bear. He is not a character that counts on this list this year. And uh, Kerr Creasa was even thinking about leaving West Virginia when the whole Huggy Bear incident went down. And then he... <laughs> All of a sudden, got some NIL, um, I guess, you know, you know, what do we want to call it? Uh, bags. Yeah, we got some bags Money. that were dropped. Yeah. yeah, right. Money, duh. And then Kirk Creasa uh, decided to go back and stay at West Virginia. He was looking great at media days. Looked like he had a brand new suit on, had a nice haircut. Looking like someone that was taken care of by the beautiful people down in Morgantown. So uh, Kirk Creasa, number 80 on the list. Do we expect Kirk Creasa to change at all playing at West Virginia? I, I, I feel like it's going to be the exact same show. <laughs> Uh, yeah, not really. Um, it's been a tough year and a half for Kerr. Um, you know, they had the rough tournament the way it ended, you know, the the last time, and then they run it back and have a similar frustrating ending. Um, yeah, he's taken a lot of abuse. I mean, it would be nice to see him, you know, refresh, but I don't know that he's going to be a radically different player. Um, you know, I've, it's been the fact that they kept him there. West Virginia basketball has been in such flux. They're not in the top 25 preseason. But he's got a lot of experience. If he can just be a good steward of the ship, um, maybe it'll give them a chance to pop. But overall, I don't expect him to be, you know, a brand new man just doing different things over there in Morgantown. 
I think he's going to get the shots that he wants because that was really the problem with Kerr always. It was just uh, there was a lot of talent there with Tubelas and all these other guys on the team last year. And it just felt like Kirk Kreese, uh, even though he was the point guard and was supposed to initiate the offense, he really just wanted to take one crossover dribble and pull up from 30 feet. That was pretty much Kirk Kreese's number one option. That was the primary option every offensive possession until it came back to bite him where he wasted too many possessions. But I think at West Virginia, he's going to have the green light because he has the probably the, the best standing there as far as notable players. And I think with that green light, he's going to take a lot of shots. He's probably going to have one of his best career years, but that doesn't mean that he's changed at all. It might just mean that he just has more of a uh, green light. Yeah, a quick, just very micro story about here. Charks had never watched Arizona a couple of years ago, and I remember mm-hmm. we were like texting each other as he was watching. I forget who he, he was even scouting, but um, he it was two years ago for Arizona anyway, but he was texting me and he had never seen them before. And, he, and I just remember him specifically going, this Creasa guy's got to stop. He was like, he's got to stop. <laughs> I was, yeah. I was just laughing my ass off. I was like, okay, welcome to Arizona basketball, Charks. You're, you're catching up fast. He was, he yeah. was, he was sure. going crazy watching that. That's what Tommy Lloyd was yelling last year for the majority of games. Even when they won, you know, at, you know, down in Maui, you could see the frustration at times with the staff where they're just like, please, just throw the ball into Tubelis or let Tubelis initiate the offense, whatever it was. It was so Matherin, Kurt, yeah, it was Matherin and Dalen Terry, probably. That's then, right, yes, two years yeah. ago, right? Yeah, those two guys are incredible. And then you know, Kirk Creesa will. Um, the biggest question with him now is, will he have Kerr still in the back of his jersey, or will he have Creesa? You know what I mean, right? <laughs> That'd that's be great. He just did it. He continued just did, it. Yeah, just keeps Kerr on the back. We'll see what happens. Uh, number 79, Matthew Cleveland, 6'7 wing from Florida State. He transfers to Miami, which is, um, you know, I think a lot of people are probably going to be shocked when they watch the ACC this year and realize he's on Miami. He had a big shot to beat Miami last year, a buzzer beater, um, and did the U down after doing that, which is obviously um, sacrilegious to most Miami fans. But now he's on the team. He's filling the shoes of Jordan Miller. Um, what do we expect from Matthew Cleveland? And do you think he can actually fill those shoes? Because, I, I mean, Jordan Miller's arguably the best player on the team last year. It's that's borderline sacrilege, really, even to suggest if he does that and shuts me up. Yeah, I mean, but I, I, I hesitate to do that. You know, this is a podcast. I don't want to speak for it. I've been on it less than a year, but I do think that we, we are Jordan Miller people. We're enthusiasts. Yes. Uh, we like him. They kind of do different things. You know, the fact that he's going to be playing off of Nigel Pack and Wooga Poplar now. Um, you know, he he's a guy who a big dribble pull up guy. Tate, he loves his dribble pull ups. Um, he shot a metric ton of left dribble pull-ups. He was 99th percentile in the country. Wild. So, so he's 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 a guy that loves to take that shot. Um, he'll get a chance to sort of you know last year he was playing off Caleb Mills and Jalen Worley, but uh, this year he, he might get the chance to have the ball in his hands a little bit more. I don't know. I just I feel like him and Jordan Miller kind of do different things. So I don't, I'm not ready to kind of say that that's going to be a, a baton handoff. But he he will have the opportunity to to uh, to put up points and score because. Uh, um, yeah, it's uh, there's an opening there. I think they've had enough shakeup that, that the touches will be there for him. Yeah, I do think that Matthew Cleveland, just because of the name recognition, people are like, he's going to step in and be this more primary option for them. But I think Poplar is probably going to be the guy that actually steps into that role um, and becomes more of the primary guy. He's just not more of a known name. So, uh, you know, it's fine. I think Cleveland will have a good year, and I think Miami's a good spot for him. And he does have a lot of natural ability, former five-star kid, so we know that. And Leonard Hamilton loves the five stars with that length. So shout out to him. Number 79, Matthew Cleveland. Number 78 is another fascinating story. Ryan Nimhard, who is the brother of Andrew Nimhard, who played against Gonzaga played at Creighton last year, had some big moments for Creighton. Obviously, they were right on the cusp of making the final four Um, in the offseason. There were some conversations. Gonzaga wanted to bring Andrew's brother there. 
Creighton was kind of getting poached by the the big blue bloods, right? I mean, Creighton's a, a lowercase blue blood, but or a new blood probably is what we'd call them. But, you know, they're just getting poached by the blue bloods. And uh, Gonzaga pulled a very blue blood move and gets Ryan Nimhard to transfer to be the point guard there. What do you expect from Nimhard at Gonzaga? And uh, how do you follow in your brother's footsteps? Because Andrew Nimhard was great for Gonzaga. Do you think his brother was just at home being like, you gotta get out of Creighton, man. Do you, <laughs> yeah, you think he I was think just so. kind of doing the, the the blue blood condescension thing? Right. Just kinda, he's like, dude. I mean, you, he's like, you you gotta get to Spokane. You know, <laughs> I'll call coach. Just let me get coach on the phone. You know, I I just wonder how it all went down. Uh, I think the question is, you know, how will he compare to his brother? I don't. I mean, he's not going to be quite as good. Uh, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah, I just feel bad for Creighton, honestly. You know, I, it it stinks. You have a little bit of success, and they. I heard some college coach say that like you know, there's, there's like recruiting seeds being planted, like in the handshake line after games. Sometimes yeah. if you're playing a mid-major and they have a big game, suddenly, you know, it's the coach K, you know, patting on the chest after the, after the game and saying, you know, just, you know, just putting the seed there, planting the seed. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think that he'll be quite as good as Andrew. How do you think he'll compare on that front? Yeah, I don't think he'll be quite as good as Andrew, but he might be in a better situation to flourish. And I do think Creighton losing him and Arthur Kaluma is pretty damning because if those two guys do come back and they're still playing college basketball at Creighton, now we're talking about Creighton, you know, they could be in the preseason number one conversation because of what they did last year and the talent that they had. And, you know, the fact that they get Ashworth to come in and transfer in and kind of take the spot. I mean, at least they were able, you lose one, you bring one in. Baylor Shireman will have a good year. Kalkbrenner's, you know, already on preseason All-American list. So, Creighton will be okay, but just the idea of having Nimhard and Kaluma, you know, and Trey Alexander. I mean, now you're talking about, wow, this team is legit. They can win the national championship. Maybe they drop down a tier. Um, and I think Gonzaga goes up a tier by by uh, bringing in Nimhard. So, um, you know, shout out to Mark Few. Mark Few has always worked in the portal and in the transfer windows very well. So this is not something that is new for him, and he makes it work again and gets a familiar name. So fans will watch and be like, is that that Nimhard? No, not that Nimhard, but the other one. Kind of like Tyus and Trey Jones, you know, mm. when they were at Duke. It was like, is that? And it's like, no, but brother you know same same deal going on there um number 77 he is the second coach to knock off a number one seed that was purdue last year he kind of captured america's heart um he is the ultimate yes i will do that when it comes to coaching clinics tobin anderson used to travel everywhere to give coaching clinics this guy just loves basketball and now he's stepping in to take over iona after rick patino left to go take the saint john's job what are your thoughts on tobin anderson number 77 on the board do we think that he has a, a good year following the footsteps of rick patino in his first year at iona yeah, I think so. Love this guy. A lot of great energy. He's, great. He's just a great talker. Like you said, a great clinician. It's fun to listen to him talk about basketball. He's got a lot of modern ideas. You love his confidence. It kind of reminded me of the confidence, uh, you know, that's uh, that they had a couple a few years ago. Um, Buffalo playing Arizona. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of it's just that uh, it, it's that. They wanted that matchup. They thought they could beat them. You hear coaches say that kind of thing. But when you hear Tobin, he's a good communicator. You just kind of believe him. You think like, yeah, he, he really did think they were going to win that. Um, but yeah, uh, I expect him to succeed. He's, he's, he's a good basketball coach, good salesman of ideas, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And we need new faces, new good coaches in basketball, especially at college basketball. So Tobin Anderson, shout out to you. You're on the board. You're a character that counts. The last one that we have, uh, part one, before we get into the top 75 of the characters that counts, Number 76, he is Coach Calipari, not that Calipari, but Brad Calipari. And he famously said when he transferred to Detroit a few years ago, 
quote, you can't say it's because of my dad anymore. And uh, Brad Calipari was right because Brad Calipari has been put in the work, folks. And he went to Detroit, made his own identity. Now he's at Vanderbilt. He is uh, a coach working with uh, Jerry Stackhouse. His official title is Director of Own Court Player Development at Vanderbilt. And Jerry Stackhouse, during media days, they asked him about Calipari being there. He said that he already told everyone all the Kentucky secrets, all of his dad's secrets, all of his dad's go-to plays. So shout out, shout out to Coach Cal, little Coach Cal for making this happen because he's not afraid to uh, to go at the Blue Bloods from the outside looking in. He's not just going to ride his dad's coattails and sit on the bench. He could have done that, but he's not going to do it. So Brad Calipari, shout out to you, number 76. Or do you th- have, have you dealt with Brad I- I- at all throughout the years? He was very nice to me when I dealt with him the one time. I've always heard he's a nice guy. I mean, Super he's, nice. I mean, to his credit, I mean, he went and uh, shot 30, you know, like 38% on four and a half. Played attempts some good basketball. Three. He right. can shoot it. He can shoot it. You know, John played too. It's not like it's nothing, but earn, earn not given, Tate, you know. Mm-hmm. And the thing on like stealing the plays, um, Kentucky really doesn't run a whole lot of plays. So I don't know that there's a deep <laughs> well in the mind there. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. It is interesting the dynamic t- t- between Stack and Cal. That that whole thing was interesting. I, who knows? I, I don't know enough. I haven't talked to him enough about player development uh, to to get a feel for that. But uh, you know, I'm sure I'm sure he'll do well. Yeah, I want to be the director of off court player development. Um, what what's up, Kyle? What'd you say? <laughs> do, you, do you think he still has beef with this podcast now that Titus is gone? Or I don't think he had beef with the podcast. I think I think it was he had just, beef with it was just it, Titus. It, it, I think it was I think it was personal beef, and I think that beef was squashed from from what I gather. At least it uh, was okay. He, yeah, he talked to both of us. Okay. Yeah, he talked to both of us uh, at, at the NCAA tournament. I, maybe it was 2022, maybe in New Orleans. Yeah, we a, saw it was him a bit randomly. of a keep my name yeah. out of your mouth sort of deal, right? On the, over the internet. And uh, I don't think he understood how media worked by that. But I think now he must, now that he's you know attached to a team in a professional setting. Well, I'm I'm never gonna say even if I don't like the guy, I will say I like the guy. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I'm not trying works. to I'm not trying to be in the the squabbles or the beefs. You know what I mean? And K- Coach Cow, uh, by all accounts, cool guy. So uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he doesn't smack me or tell me to keep my name out of his mouth, and uh, and we'll keep rolling. Um, one last thing uh, that that was our. That was our 105 through 10 uh, through 76 right there. This is part one of the characters that count in college basketball. Quickly, just one shout out, and we will talk about him because he is a character that counts. But there was a big story in college basketball this weekend. Mackenzie Mbako, who was uh, supposedly going to be at Duke, then decided to go to Indiana. Um, he had a little uh, hiccup this weekend. I don't even know what the right term is. But anyways, he had to deal with trespassing, ended up getting booked and arrested. And then everyone was freaking out, being like, oh, man, this is terrible for Indiana. But then as more information came out, Kyle, man, it turns out he was at a Taco Bell and the Taco Bell hours were supposed to be open, but they weren't open. So he didn't leave out of principle because he said they were going to be open. Then they charged him for trespassing. There's a whole lot of scuttlebutt going on. And I think a lot of people listening to the show are probably like, are you guys going to talk about the McKinsey Taco Bell situation? We'll talk about it when he's one of the characters that counts. Uh, that's what I wanted to say. But shout out to the story. Um, if you're a Taco Bell, you should get this guy an NIL deal ASAP. Uh, I think that's the best move for everybody moving forward. But it seems like a lot. But we will get into the detail. If you came for that, we will get into that once we have him uh, on the board of characters that count. So is that is that fair, Kyle, man? Can we leave it at that? I think so. You know, I, I agree with you. Taco Bell should pounce on this. This guy was, you know, he was, he was feeling the bell. bell. He really, he was hearing the ring of the bell in his heart and in his stomach. And who, who, you know, who among us? I've been, I've been there. Lord knows, you know, hopefully no yeah. alcohol was involved, but, uh, 
I don't know. It's an interesting sort of like rundown of what happened. There's a lot of details. There's like, he backed up. He said this, you know, you guys can go read it for yourself. It's, right. it, it's interesting. It's not quite the, the John Wall trespassing. You never want to have trespassing, but it's an interesting one though, right? You don't hear a lot of trespassing before. Um, you don't do a lot of trespassing in general. I feel like, uh, you know, past a certain age, it, it's an interesting charge to have. Jack Jones on the Patriots misunderstanding at a Panda Express made it at the pro level. So it, do, it does happen, uh, is what Kyle was saying. And uh, like I said, we 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 don't really know what happened, but we're taking in the details. And as we get closer to his name on the board, we will talk about McKenzie and Bonco and the situation. And hopefully we'll have even more information at that time. Again, this is the top 100 characters that count. Uh, we got the, the 105 to 76 already cooked up here. This is part one. Kyle, man, thanks so much for being on the show. We're excited to have uh, college basketball about two weeks away which is insane to say. So we're, we're fired up for that. And we will see you later in the week. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.